God bless you and praise the Lord, everybody. This is Dr. Valerie Simpson of Reset Forever Ministries Podcast, and I am with, and we are here today to present to you from Union Gospel Press, lesson number 12 for the fall quarter, uh, November the 22nd, already uh, coming up on Thanksgiving week. And uh, that is a lesson out of the book of Exodus entitled Moses's Audacious Request. In the book of uh, Exodus, we will be, our text is going to come from chapter 33 and verses 12 through 23. We're going to actually pick up from where last week's lesson uh, left us. It's, it's a great narrative to follow and understand and um, allowing you to see the mercy and the goodness of God. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and give it over to Elder Simpson, and he is going to proceed with the lesson from here. Praise the Lord, everybody. Thank God for being here. Thank God for joining us. Thank Time and this probably was one of the most challenging times for me. Especially after the betrayal of his brother and the calf. And then he betrayed God and frustrated God, and Moses was there to see the frustration of God. So it was uh, one of the, and, and you know, the anger that pursued, you know, that followed that. So it was very challenging. So with that, we're going to start the lesson off. What's verse 33? So we're going to start. We're going to to read verse 1. We're going to start at verse 1 because we want to set a foundation. Okay. And see what's going on before we get into the lesson. Okay. So keeping in mind last week's uh, lesson, um, but I'll begin reading the 33 and 1. And the Lord said unto Moses, Depart and go up hence, thou and the people which thou brought out of the land of Egypt into the land which I swear unto Abraham, to Isaac, Jacob, saying, Unto thy seed I will give, and I will send an angel before thee. So, oh, you want me to go ahead and drop down to. Okay, so we're skipping over uh, the angel going before actually you want me to read it because it's, it's some work that God has done for me here way. And I will drive out, because in their path, uh, God said, I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite, Perizzite, Hivazite, the Jebusite, unto, and so he's going to drive them out of the way and it will lead them into a land that flows with milk and honey. Right, for I will not go up in the midst of thee, for thou art a stiff-necked people, lest I consume thee in the way. So, now we kind of get to why Moses gave God one of this request. Because now God said, I'm not going to go there. I'll oh, send yeah. my angel, because y'all stiff-necked. Well, yeah, and then too. And if y'all keep on with the sin, mm-hmm. I might just consume and destroy you. 
lost my thought. But in the process of um, uh, God being angry with people, um, this was even after Moses had done some things. You know, he had, when he came down from that mountain, he was angry with people. I mean, Joshua heard the sound. He thought it was the sound of rejoicing. Either they were, no, he thought it was the sound of war. People were in distress. It was the sound of defeat, but instead, um, it was not that. Moses said, no, he discerned this is the sound of rejoicing. When he got down there, the first thing that glared in his eyesight, in his vision, was this golden calf. And so Moses, in fury, crushed the, the Ten Commandments. And then he went over and took that calf, and he put it into the fire, melted it down, and when it cooled off, he beat it into dust and put it in water and made people drink it. So he had already issued a form of, of judgment and punishment. However, it wasn't enough to appease the Lord. It's kind of like, um, you know, the sacrificing offering that the children of Israel were giving to God. It was okay for temporarily, but it wasn't enough to appease the Lord, satisfy him which is why the blood of Jesus was required. Anyway, back to the lesson, God said, I'm not going to go with you. Um, he said, I'm not going to go up there with you in the midst because I don't want to be in the middle of those people. Those people had just called this calf out of fire, and they said, this is the God that delivered us. They, yeah, they gave him my glory, and I have already said in my word that um, I am the Lord. He says it in this lesson, too. I am the Lord. That is my name. So the name of the Lord, the name of God is the Lord. He said, I am the Lord. That is my name. That's Isaiah chapter 42. And my, my glory shall I not give to another, and neither will I give my praises to a graven image. Well, they had did exactly that. So it wasn't just, you know, shrug it off, a bad day for God. They shouldn't have did that, you know, I'm my feelings are hurt. No, God was infuriated. You see, his anger stayed with him for a while until his final judgment. But what right. I like about Moses, mm -hmm. he knew how to go to God on Right. Because yeah. he went to God, he said, well, block my neck and That was in last week's lesson. And he said, that, you know, Moses, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill them and I will raise up another nation for you because you found favor in my sight. You know, and how many leaders would do that? Stand in the gap and, yeah, plead for them. And not only that, put their life on the line because he wasn't just kind of, well, let me just throw this out there and try to see, you know, let me just kind of say this. Maybe that. No, he meant it. You know, I think it's Romans again. He said, um, for a good man, some would die. For a venture, for a good man, some would even dare to die. But um, Moses was going to give, he was willing wholeheartedly to give his life for the sacrifice, for the salvation of the people because he genuinely loved the people. Now, how many people today would do that? They would pretty much probably say, okay, well, let me get out of the way. You're in the, you know. So, so he is a type of Christ. He is a clear type and shadow of Christ. 
And so we're looking at a natural situation. We should really understand that. So yeah, Moses was in a very, very, uh, it, was, it, it was probably one of the most intense times in his life other than standing at the side of the Red Sea waiting for his promise. So when verse, verse number four, it says, when the people heard the evil tidings, because God said, I am not going with you. I'm not going with some people. I don't want to be around them stiff-necked, stubborn people. So it was it was so bad, God didn't even want to go in the camp. He didn't even want to be in there with them because they had, they had set him in such a place where there was anger and fire kindled in his life. So and, and Aaron was still there. And and what makes Aaron so even so worse is Aaron never even took accountability for it. He blamed Moses. You went up there for forty days. You, you know these he blamed the people. You know you know that this is a wicked stiff-necked bunch. You know yeah these people. You know and so he blamed them. He blamed everything, but he didn't take any responsibility for himself. He even blamed the fire. He said I, I threw the gold in there and cast just came out. So, you know, I, I, I didn't do what, what? He had no repentance at all? No, no, there was no remorse, no apology, no no sense of uh, accountability. God just wanted to be around. And Aaron was the, was the leader. He left them in his hands. So this is a big mess. Don't even take me over there by himself. Because this was just uh, the last week, the last, mm-hmm. the last verse. God says this, and the Lord plagued the people because they made the calf which Aaron made. And, and they said it. Remember, Aaron made this calf. And, well, yeah, and, and the scripture says that he molded it into a calf. The scripture says that clearly. He molded it into a calf, and then he put it in fire, you know, for the fire to do its work. But then he just broke it down with it. They just came out. You know, calf, calf just came out. Came out of fire. You know, like it was something really powerful and something, you know, uh, celestial. So anyway, um, for that, God was infuriated. I don't want to be around him. So um, we're going to, you want me to go on to verse number four? Yes, we And when the people heard these tidings, these evil tidings, they mourned, and no man did put on his ornaments. So there was a modified uh, level when they would, uh, when they would mourn, you know, a lot of times we'll find out where they would tear their clothes, they would rent their clothes, and they would put dust on their head, they would put on sackcloth, which is a very rough fabric, and if you know anything about wearing a fabric that irritates your skin, it was to designed to give them discomfort in every way. So this was their outward expression of what they were feeling inside, but here they modified it. They just didn't put their ornaments on. And the Lord said unto Moses, say unto the children of Israel, you are a stiff-necked people. I will come up into the midst of thee in a moment and consume mad. Therefore, put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do with thee. In other words, break yourself down as much as possible, and then maybe I'll reconsider. Well, what is the ornament that he's talking about? He's talking about those earrings, those jewels that they had. Well, they had that. And yeah. I think they had given them and they had and given now that. And that became an offensive God. 
Okay, but they, I, think, I think that they had also made it to be, um, I think they had also, the, all the people, when I read that, had um, given them their earrings. It didn't say just the women, it said all the people had right. given them their earrings. So they must have also, see, they're, even their clothing was if you look at uh, the um, it's your cuff, it, with with um, with fringes and with um, ornaments and you know gold, and even their garments were adorned. If you look at some of the things like you know, the belly bands, for example, they'll have the fabric and they'll have the little metal pieces hanging off of it to adorn it. But God didn't want any type of garnishment on them whatsoever. Well, it's an ornament. Jewels yeah, so jewels too, and you know, even some of the in, in India, you know, they put the jewels on and they signify marriage or whatever. But so, you know what? This is this is what I want our audience to do, just so they can get get a kind of visual. They can go online for them. Ancient Egyptian earrings, ancient Egyptian. Well, just adornment, 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 so they can see the vast variety yeah. of things um, that could have been. Uh, presented and in God's not, presence. Not that God. Yeah, in ancient and, that, and that's good study, and that and those visuals will stay with you. That's right. And so he, God said, "I will come." Um, you're stiff neck people, but they said, "I'll come into the midst of you in a moment and consume you." You know, in other words, I will descend upon you and destroy you. And you got to remember, the plague was was already happening in the last last verse, last lesson. So now God is saying, stick yourself this ornament. So the plague last week was when he went, he told them to get their swords and to go every one of them from one tent to Moses. another in the camp. That's Moses. So that's Moses Levi. Moses Levi. And they did. They went back they and forth. And and that was a great task because they killed their children. Some of them had to kill their children. Their neighbors. Yeah, the Levites. He said to kill everyone. Your brother, your neighbor, your friend. So they had to go, it's like, hey, we've been good neighbors, but you did something, I, I got to, you know, obey God. And and they were loved ones. These were Levites, and these are family members. These are people that they traveled with. This was hard. This was a, this was a deep, a deep task that they had to perform. It, it was, it's not to be taken lightly. They committed, um, they submitted in obedience to God in a very passionate way. Their passion and their obedience to God superseded their feelings for their neighbors, their brethren, their family members. They were obedient above all of that. So he said, Go into the midst of me. And therefore, he said, When he saw that, he said, Therefore, put off thy ornament. So you still haven't humbled yourselves all the exactly. way. Right. Yeah. Even though Moses gave some judgment in 3,000, that perished that day. And God. Had a light flag, and they still. You still a little bit, uh, you know. You still, yeah. you still groomed a little bit. No, no, no. Not You're not yourself. on your knees. Yeah, you need to be on your knees. You are not broken down. So you're, you know, we say, Lord, I come to you. I come to you. Well, they weren't doing that. They weren't doing that. Just take that off, and then I'll see what I may do unto you. Maybe if you do that and come before me in that. Um, level of humility, then I might modify, or I might have a little bit more mercy and show you. So it says, and the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. And Moses took the tabernacle. Now, even though they stripped themselves, here's what you were bringing out. 
even though they stripped themselves and did what they were doing. Yet Moses says in verse number seven, and Moses, well, Moses does in six, verse number seven, Moses took the tabernacle and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of the congregation, even though it was far off from the congregation. So Moses separate the people from God. So let me keep some space between you and these God people because judgment of right, he had just said, I will descend into the middle of you and wipe you out in a moment. See, that's the, the wisdom of like Moses. Yeah, Moses. and the I'm love not, of Moses. Yeah, I'm not going to put this tabernacle in the midst of the congregation of the children of Israel. I'm going to take this tabernacle and set it up afar. Afar off. Outside the camp. Outside the camp. And afar off. I, I, we got to go out here. Me and you, let's go out here and talk. Let's, don't, let's not talk right here. You know, let me have a private moment. You know, could you all excuse yourself? No, no. Lord, let's go talk over here. Way over here. And far away from them because the sight of them was infuriated God. Remembrance of them giving him his glory um, infuriated him. So he took him off far from the congregation, the tabernacle of the congregation. All right, so if you drop down now um, uh, to verse number eight, we'll get, we're approaching the lesson as we lay this foundation. Verse number eight. It says, It came to pass when Moses went out unto the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And once he went in, they observed. They were like, they were watching this whole thing, not moving. Matter of fact, they were staying at the doors of their tabernacles. We're not going out here until the Now they're humbling themselves. They're not even going outside and assuming it's okay. We've got to really be humble. <clears throat> We've got to break ourselves down. And so sometimes um, it takes it to go that far for a person to really that they need to humble themselves. You can't always see how vicious, you know, how 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 opposed or how flagrantly um, or blatantly you're violating God and offending Him. But these things were able to show them, and now their hearts are in another place. Well, we're just going to come to the door of our tent. We're just going to look at most. We're not going out. There. We're just going to look at Moses. And, 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 you know, God watched, and they didn't approach. And when Moses would go in, then the cloud would stand at the door. That was God standing at the door. His presence at the door. And, you know, everybody else, no one else is invited. It's me and Moses. And you see my, you see the manifestation of my glory and my presence. Respect our time humility um tabernacle and the people looked in Moses until they had run in okay and the tabernacle descendants to the door okay so verse number 10 
And all the people saw the calling pillars stand at the door of the tabernacle, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face with the man speaketh unto him. Now they're So when you're speaking the words of worship, you're speaking words of honor. When we say, you know, it's time now to worship the Lord, it doesn't, doesn't mean lift your hands or, you know, to stand there in a suspended state. It means to speak words of honor and recognition for what he has done. And I know praise is involved in there, but recognition for who he is and for how he's how worthy he is of this because of what he has done and to acknowledge him. That is worship. That's why the church belongs to Jesus Christ. Because of all what he has done. And as we saw, both the type and shadow of Christ, whereas he said the last week last week, blocked it out. Destroyed it means not just it. Well, yeah, the church belongs to the Lord. He purchased it with the blood. Oh, mm-hmm. So, with that foundation, now we can come here to the message. Okay. Okay. So, now we're going to chapter 33 and verse number 12. And we're going to talk about Moses' audacious request. He had been through a lot, my goodness. And he had took great measures because he wanted to keep that temperament. He wanted to keep that uh, judgment at bay. He wanted to keep God in advance of destroying the people. And he wanted to do that. Um, Jesus is our, there's one mediator between God and man. So Moses was here a the typology of Jesus, which was a mediator between God and man. And in this case, it wasn't just standing between them. Oh, he told me to tell you this. Oh, you want me to tell him that? Okay, I'll go up in the mountain and tell him that. No, this was holding back death. And this on, on the people's part. And it was pleading for mercy for the people when they went before God. He was a mediator. Yes, and now we see why Moses is going before God. Because God's not going to hang on anyone. I'm not even going to be with y'all. He's just going to take an angel to do this. So he's going to send an angel. These were the important parts. Now I can send someone, send a being that is appointed to them, you know, because God has brought us into a great company of angels. And we got saved. I don't know how much people think about that through their daily, uh, you know, journey. But um, God has appointed angels to us. So as we go and as we come, as we rise and as we lay down, some, some to protect, some to But in this case, it was going to be an angel to go before them to drive out. So anyway, verse number 32, chapter 32. Now this is Moses praying mm-hmm. for God's presence. Okay. okay. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou saith unto me, mm-hmm. Bring up this people, mm-hmm. and thou hast not let me know whom thou shalt send Right. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, mm-hmm. and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now, this is Moses talking to the Lord in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. 
face to face. Mm-hmm. This, when, when God came and stood at the door of the tabernacle, this was the conversation that went on. Right. So so Moses is saying, now look, um, if you're not going to go with us, and, and, and you got to have that presence of the Lord, seeing that, you, you know, you're angry, but if you're not going to go, please, Lord, don't even let us take one step away from this, the foot of this mountain. If you're not going to be with us, and he said, I know, um, Yet thou hast said, I know thy name. I know thee by name. You said that to me. You know me by name. And you have no and, and that you have I found favor in your sight. I found grace in your sight. You said you know me by name. Don't let us move. And so because if you're not going, we are sitting done. See, if God knows you by name, and you've been predestinated for the foundation of the that means you have purpose, you have a plan in your life. Because we all know there's millions upon billions of people that were born just to sin. Mm-hmm. Right. Just point. But for God to say, Valerie, I know you even before you was born. And when you come and sojourn through this earth, I got a purpose. I already know you. I already written out your story. All you got to do is just walk it out I'm giving you grace mercy as you say I cite angels starting the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. so you can finish your assignment and then and come also, out triumphant and then also with that the kingdom of God is that he's eternal and he reigns over I mean he's the, the heavens is his throne and the earth is his footstool he reigns so when he gives you, when he says, I know your name, he is saying, I recognize you, the angels recognize you, but I'm giving you recognition in the spiritual realm. Your enemies will recognize that you are called by God. The devil himself will know you are recognized. Demonic forces will recognize you as mine. So if, if you don't know anything about the spiritual realm, understand this. God protects us and appoints us on all levels. So he was covering them. And when he said, I know thy name, and I gave you grace, the grace is power, he was giving him recognition. Remember what he said uh, to the sons of Stephen, seven sons of Stephen, said, Jesus I know. When we pray in Jesus' name, that same one Paul preached about, okay, well, that's good to have those words. But do you know and have recognition with God, which will give you recognition in the underworld as well as with the angels? Well, they didn't have that. That was a big, big factor. Oh, who are you? So, but in this case, Moses had that recognition. We find that all the way down to his death and his burial. The devil came looking for his body. Nope, Satan the Lord rebuke you. Nope. So anyway, getting a little bit off. So okay, what verse are we saying? Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. He's talking, he's appealing to the Lord. 
by God's grace, he's all of But he said, this is your people. These are your people. These, these are, are not, yours. Yeah, these are not my people. You redeemed these people. And if you go to Exodus, I go there. If you go to Exodus chapter 3 and verse 10, Moses is going to say, this is what I got my assignment to go get these people. Okay. This is Moses calling in Exodus first, chapter 3, verse 10. God called him over. Now come therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou may bring forth my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And God said, and he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I will send thee, that I have sent thee, when thou hast brought forth the children of Israel out of Egypt to serve them out of Israel. So they were God's people according to his calling. This is what I like about Moses. He reminds God of what God has said, even though God already knows. But this is what a mediator does. Right. This is what a lawyer does. He knows the law. This is what an advocate does. He pleads on behalf of his client. And uh, Moses was being an advocate, another type of the shadow of God. Right. But in the situation was not that God had um, forgotten that, but their sin had separated themselves. Had separated between them and God. They so now they had already broken it, uh, the covenant and the, and the number one covenant. Yes. You know, no, you know, I'm the Lord thy God. You know, you're to serve me and no other, no graven images before. No graven, and and they had did that. So because of that, God's fury was, um, anger was kindled in God's fury, and He is jealous, and so God had disassociated Himself from the people. And He had a right to do that because they broke the covenant. Disassociated Himself. Don't take me over there with that. Far away from you. Don't have to hear their voice. <laughs> you don't have to see their faces. You don't have to remember the images. I mean, you can, you know, you don't have to, you know, be, you know, in the presence of where this this violation occurred. Well, just just the fact that these things that happened in this place. You ever have a, something dreadful that happened in a place and you can't go back to that place because it reminds you of all of it. It was just a place where they had done such a awful thing unto the God that brought them out of Egypt. Almighty God stretched He spared them a tenth plague. There's just no it's just no rationale in how they say, Well, here's your God. And then they said and then the crazy thing was uh, after they said, this is the God that brought you out of Egypt, uh, the Bible says, and Moses said, and tomorrow we're going to have a great, I'm not Moses, but Aaron, we're going to have a great feast tomorrow. So they were all in anticipation and rose up. They worshiped and, and they offered sacrifice to this image. And then they sat down and feasted like they feasted, you know, because God had given them food. Celebration. A regular Jewish celebration, and uh, and they did all that, and then they followed it with uh, you know just debauchery, uh, inordinate behavior. So we're not even going to take you in the middle of that. We're out here. God's talking to Moses. 
he's in there and while he's in there the first thing he starts to do is plead for the people I found favor in your sight these are the people um, remember Lord these are your people these are your people you know and he was asking God to have mercy verse 14 says and he said my presence shall go with you so God is responding He's responding. Moses, and this is the thing, things learn how to appeal to God for grace. Remind him of his promises. And even if you don't have have a, a good, sincere, tender heart, God will take you to the word. He'll give you a hunger thirst for the word. But you will eventually, you have to have that word. But I just want those that are just starting this walk in the Lord know to have a sincere heart and and the more you love him the more you seek him and if you seek him you'll find him you'll find so many things in that word you'll fall overly in love with the word and you'll be finding it hard to separate yourself from it because everything you you see when you start to search it god's going to illuminate it so that it can keep your heart on fire for him so here's god's response in 14 and he said my presence will go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence, Moses responded, now, now, now if the presence doesn't go with thee, don't carry us up there. Don't take us up there. Don't let us, you know, get caught up if you're not with us. So 16 says, For wherein shall it be known here that I and, and thy people have found grace in the in thy sight how will they know that I found grace in thy sight is it not in that thou goest with us so shall we be separated and I and thy people from all the people that are on the face of the earth how are they going to know we're special he's still clean even even though God has just told I'm going to go you know (laughs) but I think the reason why Moses talked like this is because he knows that people are and they might do something else. Yes. They, yep, something. And we know that in Moses' ministry, they kept testing God. Over and over. And over and over. These things were, even Moses thought was, was discerning and could foresee that. You know, just like Aaron said, Aaron was right about that. You know these people are wild and got mischief all in them. You know these people. But, you know, and Moses knew it. He said, yeah. but not Lord. Exactly. You know. And, and actually, it was foresight because Moses just had been leading these people all these months and weeks, and he had seen the kind of conduct. Four or five months, or months. Yeah, yeah. And I don't see them being, you know, completely converted right now. I see them, you know, stumbling and falling and erring and, you know, doing some things that are going to offend you. But at 17, and the Lord said unto Moses, I will do the thing also that thou hast spoken of, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. You are special to me, Moses. I know you intimately. I know you, you by the fulfilling, drawn out. It's the name of it's the meaning of Moses' name. I know. Not only was he drawn out of the water, but uh, and, and he, you know, was committed down in Egypt to get his people, you know, out of that difficult situation. But I know that you have also been drawn out of 
um, those things that they commit themselves to. You're separated. You're sanctified unto me. And I know you by name. Moses, you found favor in my sight. So I'm going to go with you in verse number 17. You want to go on to verse number 18? And he said, I beseech thee, show me, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make goodness. Now, now that was the audacious request. Because glory, um, I don't know if you looked it up in the definition. But glory, um, what, uh, you'll hear a lot of people talking about glory means weightiness of God, the heaviness of God, you know, you're able to see, you know the marvels and the magnificence of God. Um, I guess in a simpler term, it would mean the manifested power of God. You're powerful. You manifest it. You demonstrate. You show how great you are. This is your glory. Not just the brightness. That's another manifestation like on the Mount of But in this case, it was a manifestation of God. But he's saying, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. I want to see what I've never seen since I got favor. It's a good thing to know that you're in prayer and you got a good prayer going and you're good and connected with God. You know, it's a good place and you start putting those requests out there. And you get that comfort from God that I'm receiving it. I'm going to these things. And then you ask for the audience. Or you put that audience. Well, grace is Lavishes love upon you, lavishes power upon you. See, because the part of the grace of, of God that was on Moses, Moses was very meek. He was one of the meekest men that ever walked the face of the earth. Meaning, not just that he kept his hand down and spoke with a soft voice. I know people think that's the sum total of meekness. But meekness means you're able to endure. You're able to take things. You can be stretched and not break. You can be bent and not broken, you know. And and that's what they did. They tied it against them. They tried them in every single way. Yet he still had love and compassion for them. So and Moses was very meek. His family, his own sister and brother. Told you prejudice was going on back then. You know, just because you're not, they're different from us. You know, and they know that they were people that were called out by the But for whatever reason, you found glory in my sight. And I will make, he says, I'll make my goodness pass before thee. And that's number 19. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. In other words, I'm going to make my goodness pass before thee. And I'm going to proclaim the name of the Lord when I pass by you. I'm going to call out my name, which is Lord. Mm -hmm. My name. I'm going to say my name. And will be gracious to whom... Because I will, and I will be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I will show mercy upon whom I will show mercy. Because you know, it's my good pleasure, it's my prerogative, it's my privilege to, you know, be gracious to who I want to be gracious with, and you know, show mercy to who I want to show well, mercy well, to. Well, this, this, this is an important statement that God would make to Moses. Okay, Moses, you want me to go with y'all on this journey, right? I'm gonna go, Moses. Mm -hmm. But some folks is gonna get. Gracious, and 
what relationship? Well, it's kindness, and, but is that New Testament? You just got to get to that. And once we get to the New Testament, we can talk about the fulfillment of grace and power. Grace power. Is, yeah, grace is going to be kind. It's favor to show kindness. Yes. And then we know what mercy means. Mm-hmm. Mercy is, is compassion that forbears punishment, even when justice forbears. It holds it off. Yes, yes. It, it, it puts it, you know, off. Like sometimes it puts it off against the yes. you know, and doesn't even show it upon the individual. And this was this 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 is one of the most important states in here because okay, most I'm gonna go with this just today. Mm-hmm. Stubborn. But I'm going to show mercy. But I got to show him mercy and be gracious to him, be kind to him despite of him. Right. He's turned, totally turned. As Moses asked him, turn your heart. But what you're going to do is expressing now, I've turned my heart. Because remember, he said, I will come down there. No. I will descend and I will consume you. And then it will take a minute. Yes. Everybody will be out in less than a minute. But now he's saying that I'm going to be gracious and I'm going to show mercy upon whom I'm going to show mercy and I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious to. In the verse 20 he said, and he said, thou cannot see my face. Now Moses, I'm not going to let you see my face. But no man shall see my face and live. Take it for what it says. Don't argue with it. Don't try to wrestle it. Mm-hmm. So now, show Moses glory, not Even though he's saying this face to face. In other words, we have that close encounter. You and I, we are close, and we are intimately, directly, and in, you know, interacting. So I'm having that kind of interaction with you, but I'm not going like a man talks to his friend, like you and I. We're sitting down here, we're familiar, we're comfortable. We're just going back and forth. Men, you have it like that, Moses. He says, but I'll do that to whoever I will. And then he says, but I'm not going to let you see. I'm not going to let you visually, with your own two eyes, see my face. He said, thou cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. I don't know if it's because it's just too much to stand I don't know if it's because once that happens, I have to take you away. But I have been in places where, you know, I was like, and I was looking in some of those homes and they were decorated so beautifully. It was just, I had taken in so much. It was just overwhelming. And one house I said, no, I'm not even going to go upstairs and see downstairs. Because down here, both with the structure and the layout and the textures and the color and the placement, it was just so much. I, you know, but for whatever reasons, we can't look at his face and live. And the Lord, in 21, and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me. Thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passes by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. There's a place right here by me. I'm here to put you. And we're going to do this. And now I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock. And passing my hand is going to be over you so that you can't see my face. This is just awesome that God is even having this conversation and giving this 
a request and he gave it so freely he wasn't like i don't know i've never let anybody have that why would you ask me something like that you know it was <laughs> he found favor and he said, that's what that, that was great favor favor will take you a long way it will extend to you great revelation as we see here and he said i will cover thee with my hand while I pass by. And 23, the last verse of the lesson says, And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my back part, but my face shall not be seen. So this audacious request was granted after, because, you know, think about it. Moses was a mean man, Moses was a man, he wasn't selfish. You know, like I said, he could have said, you know, I'm going to go down there and kill him all. Because they had, they had rolled Moses' nerves. They had chided him. They had made him heavy. They had caused him to go to God and say, you know, have I borne these people? You know, why why is all this army? They had made Moses very heavy. So, you know, he could have threw up his hands and been selfish and said, you know, okay, well, I'm just going to step aside. Just go ahead and do what you do. I didn't ask you to do it. But you see fit, no, Moses was full of love for the people, and that's a good, that's a good leader. And that's a type of Christ, because that's the kind of love that Jesus had, you know, even though they spit upon him, even though at the very point of his death, the end of his earthly existence in this body of this death, he was abused to the point of being beyond recognition. And then... At the last moment, even with the vicious things that were said as they were walking around his cross and then reached up and pierced him in the side and railed on him. And even the other ones being, you know, crucified. I'm like, hey, you, listen, look, you're crooks and criminals. I'm not. You know, and now you're talking down on me, you know. But in all of that, it had to be done because redemption had to come to the human family. And that redemption was going to flow out of that fear that went into his side. It was going to flow redemption and, and forgiveness and, and sanctification and glorification and mercy was all going to flow from the wounds that were coming from the thorns and the crown and the nails and the feet of him. It had to be done. This was a great work that was to be done. So it was a, a great work for Moses to be this example. And, and he's the type of Christ where as Christ, where as Moses, where as Moses, looking for God on behalf of these people. Yeah. Christ go to God on her behalf. He's he's at the right hand of the Father, where he ever liveth to make intercession for the saints. Those who God If any man sin, he has an advocate with the Father. See how, how God gives hope? People need hope today. You know, people stumble, they fall, they blunder, you know, and then they get in a bad place and they wonder if they can even have, you know, I've, I've seen people say, you know, I'm not even worthy to come under that tent. We put up a tent down in Southwest Detroit and the lady says, she said, no, all you people in there are holy. You have no idea what I've done. She said, I can't, I'm not even worthy to come under that tent. But if any man sins, um, he has an advocate of the Father. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn it. For my yoke is easy, for I am meek and lonely of heart. My yoke is easy, and I am meek and lonely. So 
as Moses was face to face with God, Jesus Christ at the right hand of the Father. Making intercession. Ever liveth to make intercession. Can you see how Moses pleads for the people? Just let God plead for us. It's just Father, mercy. Forgive them. Yeah. Hold not the sin to their child. Yeah, you know, even if we go, Moses, <laughs> even if we go out there, Lord, remember, these are your people. Don't be killing them. <laughs> wow. So can yeah. you imagine if Moses would not have made this request? Well, God, well, Moses was thinking ahead, and Moses was, you know, he was, was a good just, leader. Yes, it was in his heart. It was in his heart. Yeah, I and mean, he understood just, them. Yeah, just look at it. He at the camp, he walks out to the tabernacle, and of his own will he made the petition. It wasn't the people, it wasn't Aaron said, hey, go talk to, to go to the tabernacle, talk to God. Yeah. God knew who he was calling. God knew Moses. God knew who he was calling when he was on the back side of that mountain. And he had been waiting, and his heart was in the right place, and he had waited and waited so long, it was 80 years of coming, and so when the opportunity rose, of course, you know, what it was, oh, this is frightening, I gotta go before Pharaoh, but that was just the beginning of the great things he was going to do. So that was, that was Moses' audacious request. Now we know why he made the request. We know why he made the request. <clears throat> but above that, we see that God made it. So we have hope. So that's our lesson for this day. You did a wonderful job. We want we enjoy and love people. Pray that someone got something out of this. Our listeners, uh, those here in the United States, continue to pray. And those around the world know that we are praying for you. And uh, hey, we're one body. We're one people, even though we may be in all these different places. We're all one people, so let's keep each other lifted up and join us again next week for the next session of Reset for Ministry Podcast, which is going to come on. It's going to be right after Thanksgiving. It's going to be the 29th of, of November. This will be the end of our fall quarter, and this lesson is Moses Reflect on God's Glory. Let's talk about that. Join us, okay? God bless you. All right. Well, now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, to the only wise God, and to Him be glory, honesty, uh, majesty, and dominion, now, forever, and ever. In Jesus' name, God bless you. We love you. Amen.